What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Mid-State 48 preview edition for Division 2. Alongside Tom Duggan, alongside Tom Duggan and Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. It's it's one of those days. Easy for you to say. I know, right? <laughs> Welcome in. We'll talk about Division 2 in this episode. This is the last episode of our preview series before the 2021 season starts. So not much to do except jump right in, guys. Division 2 had a lot of changes this year just because of the flip-flopping of reclassifications and some playoff changes for some teams and, and regions in, in class a, the biggest change, however, is Davidson Academy is long gone. Yeah. Big change. <laughs> it, 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 three time defending class a champions now up to class double a. So class a seems to be kind of a wide open race in 2021. And uh, to get us started, we'll just go ahead and look at the uh, standings from 2020 in division two class a, DCA won the East region, didn't quite get to the Blue Cross Bowl, and lost, lost in the semifinals to USJ. Kings Academy, Middle Tennessee Christian made up the top three. Friendship Christian finished fourth with Grace Christian out of Franklin, fifth, and Webb School, sixth. And you, on the right side, you see, if you're watching us on YouTube, where they finished in the playoffs. And the West region was, well, it was Davidson Academies to, to take again. Finishing 13 and 08 no in region play. USJ finishing as runner up for the second consecutive year. Nashville Christian third. Columbia Academy finishing sixth, but their season was cut short by COVID 19. They were unable to play in the postseason. Clarksville Academy finishing eighth with their season also getting cut short by COVID 19. Right. Guys, we start with uh, changes in. Division two class A. Now they're going into three regions, East, West, East, Middle, and West, with the top four in the East and the middle region advancing and the top five out of the West going to the playoffs. So here are those breakdowns in the East. It's Friendship Christian, Lakeway Christian, Middle Tennessee Christian, Kings Academy, and Web School. Guys, we'll start with Friendship Christian, they had a little bit of a down season last year, but you know John McNeil's bunch is going to be primed and ready for a comeback in 2021. What have you learned about the Commanders and what they might be able to do this year? Well, they're definitely a younger team this year, I think. Uh, you know, they lose uh, uh, Don Dunning. He moves over to Dixon County, so they're going to have to ha uh, replace him at running back. So uh, right now I think they've got a, a youngster, Morgan McGregor, that's uh, going to be taking over those duties. Um it's, you know, there's a lot of pieces that they actually have to replace this year. Quarterback, I think, uh, uh, junior, uh, JJ Pruneau is likely to take over there. So, you know, it's going to be another challenging year for, for John McNeil, uh, and the commanders. Yeah, I agree. Just uh, lack of seniors on this team. They're they're going to be a young football team. But Coach McNeil gets a lot out of his guys. So you know, for, you know, friendship's going to be competitive, even if they're young. He'll have this team coached up and ready to go. Uh, another player I'm kind of interested in seeing, John Kane. He's going to be at a receiver this year. Now he's a he's a track star, and this guy's got some uh, some really great speed. Keep an eye on him. I think he's going to be a weapon on the offensive side of the ball. And let's not forget Noah Tidwell last year. Uh, had a great season, 40 tackles, three sacks. He's going to be one of the catalysts on defense for friendship this year. Yeah, the commanders have always kind of been in that in that playoff discussion, but they were just a little bit off last year just for whatever reason. Injuries, I think COVID-19 may have affected them a little bit as well. But uh, it, it's hard to envision a season where they're not a contender at some point. 
But a team that I'm thinking that may very well be is Middle Tennessee Christian. Now they have a new head coach in Colby Tackett, but you know the Cougars, they've got a, a pretty good weapon at quarterback at Aiden Hooper. Oh yeah, that th- this team I think uh, is primed to. Uh, build on what they did last year uh, in a big way. Uh, again, you mentioned Aiden Cooper, good qu- good quarterback, great instincts, good arm. Uh, you know they they're looking at a, a sophomore at running back though, Eli Wilson. But I think to me the biggest force on this team may be Alaric Watson. You know, six five, two seventy five. I mean, he's going to be a force. He's a great defensive lineman. Yeah, he's a player to watch for sure. One thing that always interests me, guys, is when you get a new head coach at a program, how much will they change things? Now, you've got uh, Coach Tackett. He comes from Florida. So, there again, the the lack of familiarity maybe with what he's going to do coming in. Will he come in and totally change things up? As you mentioned, he's got a great quarterback. Uh, I'd be interested to see just kind of how he comes in and and changes the face of this program. Will it be drastic, or is he going to – you know, kind of come in and, and keep things a little bit status quo, especially with a veteran quarterback uh, in his backfield this year. It's not a complete overhaul because the interim coach from last year, P.J. Robertson, actually goes back to an assistance role this year. So it's not a 100% overall overhaul of the coaching staff. So there is some familiarity there for some of the players at Middle Tennessee Christian. So that's something they can look forward to. And their upper momentum from, from 2020, you know, they were going to have a chance to play for the region title as well. Um, they had some issues with COVID-19 as well and, and knocked them out of an opportunity to play for that number one spot. They're hoping that this year is going to be a big year for them in Murfreesboro. Let's turn our attention to the middle region where Clarksville Academy, Columbia Academy, DCA, Grace Christian, Mount Juliet Christian, and Nashville Christian reside. DCA is probably the team to watch for in this region just because they have quite a bit coming back. And Coach Paul Wade has to be excited about the opportunity for this team to really compete for a championship. A semifinalist last year, they were about a possession away from making it back to the Blue Cross Bowl. Bradford Gaines, the quarterback, is a big piece for returning for them, and I got to see them in a scrimmage the other night. They have some they have some opportunities on offense. Oh, absolutely. I think that uh... – uh, you mentioned Bradford Gain, uh, Bradford Gaines returning a quarterback, but also returning are all five starters on the offensive line. So there's continuity there for that offense. I think the only uh, person uh, that's missing really from that is, and it was a big piece, is uh, John Lewis. Yep. Yeah, he was their bell cow back last year. Now Jacob Cook looks to be the man to take over, uh, but uh, I think as far as uh, the offense goes, receiver wise. Uh, he's got plenty of receivers there. I really like the offensive line. I think that Aiden Francis is an excellent center. I think that this offense uh, and on this team is going to carry them a long way. The question is just – I think the question is going to be with defense here. Well, with the defense too, as you mentioned that, they've got eight starters back on that side of the ball, so some continuity there. And uh, I believe the entire linebacking core is back for that team. And uh, you, you like to have that stability in your defense if you can. And uh, a young man to look for, Brady Russell, is a junior, 6'2", 215. Had an outstanding year last year, 98 tackles, 12 tackles for loss. And uh, uh, that's some good production from what was a sophomore last year. 
back here as a junior. So I like this team because, as you mentioned, Chris, the experience, uh, you know, you get the 10 starters back on offense and then eight more on defense. They're picked second here in the middle region, but uh, I, I like this DCA squad. I think they're going to be dangerous and fun to watch. Another name to watch on offense, Ashton Jones, a sophomore running back that may very well take that starting spot if he keeps running like he has been. Guy that will not he'll shy he will not shy away from contact and he's willing to run you over. He's still not a big back, but has enough of a of a lead back type physique to to give them some stability in the backfield as well. And yeah, DCA, I think I think maybe the class of this region. I, I don't know. Some people may pick them second, but I'm I'm curious to see if if anybody can really challenge them. Let's talk about uh, Columbia Academy for a second. If anybody challenges them, I mean, they might be one of the teams to do it. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. You, you yeah, have I, just to, yeah. I mean, with Columbia Academy, they they last year had a lot of issues, COVID stuff like that. It was just kind of a, a an off season, but. Um, you know, again, they've got veterans in the offensive line. They've got four offensive linemen returning. Uh, they've got running backs and seniors, Nathan Thomas and Harrison Dials. They've got good speed on this offense. Uh, you know, I, I like this team. I think uh, to look at a, a one in six record last year, I think it speaks more about COVID and just all the dysfunction than it did about this actual football team. I think they're going to make some noise. And uh, this could be, again, a legit dangerous team out of this region. Collins Malone, obviously one of those players to watch on offense, too, for Columbia Academy. He's a real prospect for them as well. Um, Nashville Christian, probably the team that's happiest to see Davidson Academy go. <laughs> not just from the uh, not just from the head-to-head -head results, but the fact that, I mean, they were the, probably the one team keeping them from a, of a potential championship game berth or even a title or two in the last three years. Yeah, it, it was always the obstacle right there was, uh, was Davidson Academy, yeah. Uh, quite the quite the Christmas present, uh, if you will, uh, uh, for the Eagles. Um, you know, a large number of seniors return to this team, but uh, not the quarterback position. Looks like they're going to move uh, possibly Tyler Morris from safety to quarterback. Um, but again, you know, Jeff Brothers is always going to have his teams ready to go. I think that they're they're going to be tough. Um, I think they've got plenty of depth that uh, on defense and plenty of depth at wide receiver. I think Jalen Marsh is probably uh, one to watch there, providing that their quarterback situation straight uh, is uh, is you know works itself out. And that's a tough situation because you lose Matt McClary. That's a young man that won I think twenty games as starting quarterback over the last couple of years for this. Davidson County uh, Davidson Academy team. Excuse me. One young man I'm keeping my eye on. In the backfield is going to be Deion King. He had 614 yards on 81 carries last year, scored nine times. This is a track athlete, ran the 100 meters and about 11 seconds flat. So this young man can move. He's somebody that's going to be a weapon and uh, somebody I think opposing defenses are going to have their hands full with this year. Oh, definitely. I think that that uh, in the two games that I covered there last year, uh, he really stood out as far as a, a speed guy. It seems like the the top three in this region are kind of clear cut. Is there either is there a, a runner for fourth possibly that stands out to you between Grace Christian, Mount Juliet Christian, and, and Clarksville Academy, or, or could they be thrown into a hat? I, I mean, really, uh, it, it's really difficult to say. Uh, you know, and, and part of it is is that you, you'd like to see what these teams can do with a full season under of off season under their belt. So many were affected early in their schedules last year with COVID that uh, it's going to be interesting uh, 
which teams out of this uh, kind of grab that fourth spot. Yeah, very true. I mean, you got Mount Julie Christian came, coming off a one and nine season last year. Uh, you know, head coach Dan Davis, he likes the team. He likes his makeup. He likes his experience coming back. Um, still to me, though, I think kind of like you said, Chris, it's almost tossed it in a hat. But uh, uh, maybe we keep an eye on this Mount Julie Christian team and see if uh, Coach Davis and what he really likes about his team comes to the surface this year, makes him a contender for that number four spot. And another, and another note about Mount Julie Christian, too, uh, of course, we all remember the tornado from 2020 ripping through DCA. It also got Mount Julia Christian's field as well. Mount Julia Christian is on track to play at their home field again, finally this year after those storms came through more than you know, nearly 18 months ago. So that's a big plus for them to be back at home. They, they spent the entire 2020 season at Mount Julia Middle School, so they, they won't be able to do that this year. They won't have to do it this year at all. They'll be back at home, which will be a big boost for them, I think. Well, that that kind of that kind of makes it unanimous because actually in my notes I actually did have uh, a Mount Juliet Christian as one to watch in this in this region. I just thought that uh, uh, they had so much to play for this year, and they've got some good uh, depth coming back. I think this team is athletic, and that they can actually make some noise this year. Coaching change too at Clarksville Academy. Scott Murray comes from Smith County to lead the Cougars there. Um, he came on very late too, so it was kind of interesting to see what Clarksville Academy does with the new regime in such a short time span. Is there any chance that these guys can can get up and running in, in a in a short order? I tell you about Scott Murray. He's an intense guy. I mean, when he came to Smith County, he brought tons of energy. Of course, being you know uh, being a native of Smith County, he really you know wanted to get in there and turn things around. Only had a couple of years to work with the program. Um, He's going to bring fire and passion, but Chris, one thing you talk about, getting there late, that's just so hard for a coach uh, when they get in, kind of start late. You know, you're already behind the eight ball, so to speak. I think it'll be tough for him to really get things off to a good start. Maybe as the season goes along, we'll see some improvement there. It seems like, though, like I said, this class, there's going to be opportunities for several teams to try to get to Chattanooga to play for a gold ball this year, and we'll see – ECA and Middle Tennessee, Tennessee Christian right off the bat. Week one, they play each other. and Those two were supposed to play last year, and then COVID affected that game. So with Bradford Gaines and Aiden Hooper throwing it around, I'm, I'm curious to see how that one turns out to really kind of get these two started this year because both of those teams could factor into the race. Give me give me one sleeper out of, out of Division Two Class A, if you would, just real quick. Sleeper as to, to, to come out that – yeah. Uh, out of all these. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, tough one. <laughs> you have to put us one. on the spot. Um, <laughs> you know I love I, to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Um, yeah, I think that really – can you consider Friendship Christian a sleeper out of this? I mean, considering that they've str- – you know, they had some struggles and things like that. Yeah. I, you know, I just think that they're they're a team that you never can count out. And uh, I think that, you know, they're going to have the Milton C. Christian game ske- uh, circled on their schedule because I think for, you know, that that's going to be huge for them. And if they can get on a roll and they can get on a run, I think Coach McNeil can get that team moving. And uh, it's been a long time since those guys have uh, have held a, a gold ball, but they still remember there what it's like and what it takes to get there. You mentioned uh, that game on October 29th. Let's just go ahead and pull those up. I mean, look at the East region, those key games. Uh, Tom, uh, your thoughts on Friendship Christian? You think they're a sleeper too? 
Well, you know, yeah, I was going to say, you know, Scott kind of stole my thunder there because I just know how well-coached Friendship Christian always is, how hard they play. And, uh, again, we talked about the youth factor, but I'm always keeping an eye, you know, there in Lebanon on that school because they're always so competitive. And, uh, you know, you have to beat Friendship Christian. They don't typically beat themselves. So, uh, they certainly are a team to watch. And uh, um, if anybody could pull together a surprise season, I believe Coach John McNeil can do it. Yeah, it makes sense to put them as a potential sleeper. I mean, we're talking about DCA and, and Nashville Christian and Middle Tennessee Christian. Friendship Christian kind of got lost in the shuffle last year. So, I mean, as far as sleepers go, they would certainly qualify, I would think. But uh, you look at these key games. I mean, Kings Academy, maybe one of the teams that they have to go through. And, and I think it's really those three teams, Friendship Christian, Kings Academy, and Middle Tennessee Christian in the East to battle for that title. So these three games on the screen, September 17th, Kings Academy, Friendship Christian. October 1, MTCS at King's Academy, and then the regular season finale on the 29th of October where Friendship Christian goes to Middle Tennessee Christian. Those three games will shake this region out and probably will decide their winner, I would think. Yeah, would think oh, no to- totally agree. Yeah, look at the middle region. September 17th, DC at Columbia Academy. Nashville Christian goes to Columbia Academy on October 15th. And that last at last Friday, Nashville Christian at DCA and then Franklin Grace at Columbia Academy really shake up those playoff spots too. Uh, it'll be interesting with uh, with the gold ball up for grabs. Who comes out of this one? This is going to be one of the more fascinating races I think this year, just because of how wide open this class can be. Well, Chris, you you've got Franklin Grace in there. I see as a as a a, a, a block in front of uh, Columbia Academy in that October 29th game. What is it about Franklin Grace that you think is going to make that game so? Well, I, I think they're going to have to have it to get in the playoffs. I mean, because you're you're taking four out of, and out of out of five teams. I mean, somebody's getting left out, and I think the loser of that game's getting left out. Oh, absolutely! I see what you're saying, and yeah, I absolutely agree. I think yeah. that's uh, you know, again, I'm kind of like uh, you guys. That uh, I really like this DCA team, but I really think that Nashville Christian. And uh, you know, it's going to be right up there, right up there with them. Yeah, that, that. I think that's what makes you know DCA having that game at home on October 29th. And I know maybe we don't talk as much about home field advantage in high school football, but it, it's still good to have a big game like that in your home stadium with your home fans there and all the excitement that's going to be generated there in the final week of the regular season. I think that's going to be a great game. But uh, edge to me on that one to DCA because they are going to be playing in their home stadium. Yeah. yeah. Outside of Hillsboro, nobody knows about home field advantage quite like DCA. <laughs> <laughs> and two, I mean, it, it's such an experienced team coming back. They've got so many starters coming back on both sides of the ball. I mean, DCA's been there. I mm-hmm. mean, they were literally just one step from a championship game appearance last year. I, to me, I think they're the favorite to not only win their region, but possibly win to win a championship as well. I'm, I think Coach Paul Wade's team is going to be one to be dealt with all season long. I'll throw out one more team just to keep an eye on, and I know we're not talking about West Tennessee, but uh, USJ, uh, University of Jackson, keep keep an eye on them out there because they've been in the championship game and lost the last two years, and um, they're strong up front. They do have a new quarterback coming back, but, uh, you know, if we're looking outside our area, certainly that's one school you got to look at. Keep an eye on USJ. Yeah, if there's anybody that, that's happy about Davidson Academy leaving, it's them. Yes. Yeah. Last two years, they, they lost the Blue Cross Bowl to them, so they're saying good riddance. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So let's just go ahead and switch gears and get to double A where Davidson Academy went. And, you know, they're going into a, a pretty tough region because they enter in with CPA, Lipscomb Academy, Good Pasture, BGA, and FRA. And 2020, Lipscomb Academy won this region on the string of their head-to-head win over CPA. But CPA nicked them in the in the Blue Cross Bowl to I'm just, revenge. Yeah, I'm just wondering, Chris, what you think the uh, the over-under is or the odds are that the Division II Double uh, A champ and the runner-up come from this <laughs> come from this group. I will take it a step further, and I'll say I think all four semifinals will come from this region. Ooh, big words from Chris. Yeah, three of the four were last year, and BGA was literally one point away from doing so. So I don't see a reason why it can't happen again. Oh no, absolutely! And I threw that out there because I, I know that when we had uh, had had discussions on this. Uh, on this region here that, uh, you know, we are all just kind of in awe at the uh, immense amount of talent that's there. Yeah. And we'll get to that in just a minute, but the changes, of course, Davidson Academy comes in and now five out of the six teams will make the postseason in 2021 instead of all five as they did last year. So somebody is getting left out this year. And, and we look at the key games for some of these teams, you know, FRA and Good Pasture kind of stands out on that last Friday because that may be that may be an elimination game. I, I would say that you are most likely, if I were a betting man, uh, that would be you know that would be easy money. I think there, um, yeah, it's and and that's going to be unfortunate because I think that you know, and we'll get to those teams, but I, I think that uh, it's going to be a tough battle. <laughs> But let's let's start with the defending champs at CPA and Ingle Martin's bunch. Scott, we we've both seen them this preseason. Uh, have been a little bit without Cade Law and Langston Patterson at times because both of them are kind of recuperating for some injuries. But uh, both of them plan to factor heavily into into their into their season. Yeah, and uh, yeah, CPA they'll hit you. Trust me. Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i bear the scars um (laughs) i've never seen engel so worried about somebody (laughs) in my life but um you know these guys don't rebuild they just reload this team this team really looks like a carbon copy of last year's championship team um, you know, Cade Law, uh, yeah, I think uh, they're doing a little protection on him, or, you know, in the offseason. I think next week he'll be uh, he'll be ready to go. Um, and he was MVP of the Blue Cross Bowl. <laughs> you know, he's a linebacker quarterback. Uh, we have so many of those, it seems like, in Middle Tennessee. Usually you would see the quarterback playing safety or, you know, even corner. No, in Middle Tennessee, especially in, uh, in uh, Division II, linebackers <laughs> but uh you know yeah you know, uh, langston patterson back there you know 6'1 220 you know he's a, another another linebacker imagine that you're yeah. you're starting uh one of your starting running backs and your starting quarterback are lining up next to each other as linebackers i mean that's how tough these teams are but don't sleep on reed williford i saw uh you know he has got speed uh, size he's six one two fifteen and blazing fast with uh so uh i think the this team is just you know you know once again just loaded and ready to go yeah uh, i gotta 
chance. Scott, you and I got to see them. You got to see them a lot closer up than I did the other night. But, uh, they, uh, this CPA team, guys, I was just so impressed watching uh, how physical they are, how fast they are. And, uh, of course, I started reading up, you know, as we prepared for the show today just to get a little more in-depth on this team. And, you know, I see guys being recruited by Power 5 schools in football, but not just that. I'm going to pull out Bo Burklow, who's a young man that's uh, uh, committed to Tennessee to play baseball. They've got Trip Lodge, who's fantastic on the football field. He's being pursued by a lot of schools to play lacrosse. Uh, and you mentioned Langston Patterson. You know, not only is he just tremendous on offense, but defensively, 72 tackles last year, 19 tackles for loss, three sacks, interception, fumble recovery. My goodness, this young man can do it all. And, uh, uh, folks, I'm going to tell you, go watch CPA. If you don't have a school that you just follow every week, go see this team at some point this year. There's something to watch. And, I, and I'm going to throw one more name out there just because uh, – he showed me something that I, I don't think I've seen really out of CPA in the last couple of years. I mean, although we've seen speed, I don't think we've seen speed in the backfield like this kid, Dawson Marrero. Um, he really showed some good vision and burst uh, the other night. I think that he's going to give them another dimension. You're going to have uh, Langston Patterson battering the, you know, the inside of the line, and this kid can break one outside and go. Uh, so I think that uh, CPA is absolutely reloaded and uh, a dangerous, dangerous team in this in this uh, region. Yeah, they bring back so much on both sides of the ball. They're understandably right there at the top when you talk about the favorites to win a title again. But Lipscomb Academy is in the same boat. They return just about everybody. Trent Dofer in his third season, this might be the charm for them because they've stepped up one step better every year since he's gotten there. They were a semifinalist two years ago. They were a finalist last year, didn't win it. But now this might be the year for Lipscomb Academy to, to reach the top of the summit. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. It always takes a little bit of time for a new coach to get in, get his, uh, get his system input, get his uh, conditioning programs input and all that. And year three is usually the year you circle for that next step. And they took that next step actually pretty quickly in this program. So it very well, it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see, you know, Livingston Academy come away with a gold ball this year. I think they've got that much talent coming back to this team. I think really when Alex Broom transferred over from Maplewood early last year, that's when this offense transformed. Now, Luther Richardson was a good quarterback to begin with, but now Broom made it another dimension of this offense, and they started piling up the points in a lot of games last year. So Broom is definitely Mr. Football candidate already. Richardson, I think we've got to watch because you know, he was invited to the Elite 11 camp in Los Angeles, was a finalist there, and I don't think he gets talked about enough as far as the best quarterbacks in this region, in this area, just because, A, well, he's not on social media very much, if at all, really. And, and two, you know, Broom had such a big year last year that Richardson, I think, kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah, Richardson had almost 2,500 yards passing last year, guys, and 26 touchdowns. And and he's mobile on top of that. He had over 300 yards rushing last year. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Broom. And, I mean, obviously, 1,700 yards and 30 touchdowns would get, to, get you noticed real fast. But, yeah, I think Richardson, you know, he's a guy that um, – really does a lot of things that maybe he doesn't get appreciated enough for. And, uh, man, what 
what a great job Trent Dilfer's done for Lipscomb Academy. In, in the short time he's been there, he's increased the numbers. And, uh, you know, what kid doesn't look and say, hey, I want to go play for a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And uh, he's done a phenomenal job there. And as much as I like CPA, I, I'm right on par with Lipscomb Academy. I think they're going to be a very good team this year. Well, I think one addition that they've made this year is Sam Rush, the Stanford tight end. You know, we talked about those linebackers at CPA and uh, how they're going to be, you know, how they do a really good job of jamming up that line. Well, if one of them has to cover this guy, that takes a linebacker out of the equation. I think the, it's a, you know, basically they have added another weapon for Luther Richardson here outside of his outstanding receivers, that's going to be some just one other piece somebody has to account for in this region. Yeah, and, and Lipscomb Academy just returning a lot of starters and a lot of experience, and I'm really looking forward to that October 22nd game at Lipscomb Academy when those two tangle. It'll be for a region title, and if it's anything like the, the two games they played last year, look out because it it's a wild ride. Yeah, that's another one of those games, Chris, you're talking about that, uh, like Tom said, if you're not following somebody in particular and you just want to go see uh, uh, an outstanding uh, game in an outstanding atmosphere, go to the CPA Lipscomb yep. game. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. Let's just hope it doesn't rain like it did last year that time. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's not just a game of the region. That is one of the top games in the state, I think, this year. That's that's must-see stuff going on right there. That CPA Lipscomb game is going to be a great one. Yeah. Yep. So, Davidson Academy has to jump into all this mess. They've, they've <laughs> won three championships the last three years, and now they get all of this. What does Jonathan Quinn's bunch do to try to upset the balance of this region? Well, you know, how do you reward a team that wins three year, you know, three straight? You bump them up and make them play CPA and Lipscomb and BGA. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of leadership left this team uh, last year. You know, you lost uh, uh, Vitato at quarterback. Uh, you lost Mister Doodall Griffin Sweeney, who was a, uh, you know, outstanding on both sides of the ball. And then kind of lose the heart of the defense, and that was AJ Quinn. He's up at Southern Illinois now. So, you know, Jonathan Quinn, uh, he's, he's really got his work cut out for him, especially early in the season. Uh, he has got to get his youngsters up to speed and on the, and, and on the same page very, very quickly. Um, you know, like I said, you know, the, these Bears usually do restock quickly, but uh, they're going to do it quick because Goldilocks had a house party and the cupboard's bare. Um <laughs> Well, it's not been bear, but it's young. Actually, no, it just occurred to me. Bears, cupboard, you know, it went there. Uh, yeah, every once in a while, you know, inspiration hits me, and I say it instead of against my better judgment. Um, but, you know, Kendall Ball returns, yeah. you know, and this is a force on the defensive side. 16 sacks last year. I mean, you know, this is not a team to take lightly. This is a team that respect, and they're going to have a target. You know, that's the thing. Davidson Academy is going to have a target on their back every week, but you know what? Davidson Academy is going to be targeting everybody because they're going to be playing up. They're coming in with an attitude, yeah, and I, I think that they're going to they're going to be right there in the mix. Yeah, you, you stole my thunder there on Kendall Bale. Or <laughs> 
in the ball. I'm sorry, the two-time All-State, 16 sacks, guys. I mean, uh, any level of football you're playing on, that's a fantastic number. And uh, you're right, Scott. They, they've earned uh, – you know, they've earned all the accolades that, uh, that they should be getting. I mean, three state championships in a row is fantastic. But as you mentioned, uh, I think they had a 40-man roster last year. They lost 15 of those 40 players, the quarterback, running back. You know, they've got a lot of uh, holes that they're going to have to fill. But you know what? Winning breeds success. And, uh, uh, you know, when you win in three state Three straight state champions, easy for me to say. Uh, I mean, other other kids want to come and they want to be part of that. So I, I it's a tough region, but uh, Davidson Academy, they're going to be in there. You mentioned kids wanting to come there. Devontae Phillips comes from, from Rossview and will be the starting running back for Davidson Academy this year. So they will have some experience in the backfield there. And Jalen Brockman is another one I want to mention because offensive line and defensive line, he is a force on both sides of the ball too. And They'll be le- they'll be leaning on his leadership up front this year for sure. Absolutely, all state player last year and uh, uh, big kid at six two two seventy. He's yeah, he's a he's a strong anchor up front. The rest of this region, they seem like they're going to be battling each other for playoff spots. I mean, good pasture lost a lot. Uh, BGA, I think we need to talk about because Brett Brown at quarterback may be kind of a hidden talent. Well, I think we need to talk about BGA because I'm not sold that they're not going to uh, challenge for that third spot. Um, I think that, again, you brought it up. Brett, uh, Brett Brown returns at quarterback. Uh, you know, you got uh, Sean Williams, all county, all region, all state, all, all oh my goodness. Uh, you know, uh, uh, at, you know, running and receiving the ball. You know, he's also the safety. Uh, you got experience at uh, wide receiver, you know, and, yeah, I think that BGA is actually, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, teams that don't get talked about because you're talking about you have CPA, the reigning champ, Lipscomb, the up-and-comer that have played them uh, in the runner-up, Davidson Academy moving up, and BGA is sitting there going, all right, guys, if you're going to sleep, you know, we're going to come out and smack you in the head. All right, so let's talk about uh... – Good Pasture and FRA quickly. Um, good Pasture kind of rebuilding. They, they have a new head coach. Uh, their offensive coordinator actually moves up to head coach, but there's still quite a bit of roster turnover. So can Good Pasture make some noise, even though it's they're on their third head coach in three years? Well, I think they can make some noise. The question is going to be, um, you know, just how quickly they can get up to speed. They're replacing the quarterback. You know, they lose Cooper Pennington. They lose uh, Brendan Jones, uh, the, you know, all-everything uh, wide receiver, you know, Swiss Army knife. Uh, you know, but most of their interior linemen return. Um, so, yeah, it, it's possible, but, boy, they have a killer schedule. All in a row, CPA, BGA away, and then Davidson Academy at home. And you know, it's kind of a murderer's row. Uh, and you would think that they would need to win at least one, maybe two of those games to, to, to make some noise there. Um, and that's just an awful lot to ask a, a young team. Yeah, you know, Chris, I think you mentioned earlier about that FRA good pasture game on October 29th could be you know, the loser of that game, maybe the outside looking in as five of the six teams make the playoffs, and and that's going to be a big one there. Good pasture went nine and three a year ago. And the good thing about the coaching change, at least some familiarity, you have a former assistant who's coming in to take over the program there. And, uh, Scott, as you mentioned, I like the fact they've they've got some linemen back. 
And then their front seven on defense, they've got six of seven starters back there as well. But uh, obviously some questions of quarterback and the skill positions, but the core looks pretty good, and I like the consistency of having a, a former assistant coach there as the head coach. It, it's really going to – I mean, you talk about between FRA and good pasture. I think it's gonna, just going to be dependent upon how quickly these young players get up to speed. Uh, you know, you've got a guy at FRA and Jeffrey Vircher who's uh, – you do everything back. Uh, you know he can he can change a game. He can control a game. So it really is just going to depend on uh, who can win the line of scrimmage in that particular game. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. You want to schedule that uh, October 29th game. I think it's going to mean a lot. Yep. Be a big night in that region for sure. A lot of, a lot of things up for grabs for a lot of teams. So double A will be a, a a big a big fun region to follow this year just because of the intrigue pretty much at all levels of it. And and we'll be interested to see how that shakes out. Let's move on to class AAA with some changes in AAA as well this year. They're still going East and West two regions here like they were last year, but they flipped off a couple of teams. You look at the standings from 2020 Brentwood Academy won it, went unbeaten in the region, lost in the semifinals. Father Ryan was second but lost in the first round. And McCauley ended up going on to win the Class AAA championship. Over in the West, NBA won the region, lost in the semifinals. So some disappointment for the Nashville teams. They didn't have a, a Middle Tennessee team in the championship game of the, of the highest Division II classification for the first time in, I think, 15 years. Wow. So, yeah, so was- that they're trying to bounce back from. Yeah, there are definitely some disappointing results uh, for the Nashville area in uh, in that last uh, year playoff. But again, it, nothing really surprises uh, considering the year and what everybody went through. It's kind of one of those ones where you kind of just shake it off, hopefully as an anomaly, and you know just get your team refocused on this year. Now that you're able to prepare, and you know last year was what it was, and and put it behind you. Yeah. Third place was apparently the place to be because your third place teams in each region ended up being your finalists, Macaulay in the East and MUS in the West. So AAA proving once again that anything can happen as long as you get in the playoffs, which this year, one of the big changes is that everybody will advance. All 12 teams will qualify for the postseason for the first time in a few, in a couple of years, the last two years, they only took eight. So a little different in 2021. In the East, Baylor, Father Ryan, Knoxville Catholic, Macaulay, NBA, and JP2. Brentwood Academy and Ensworth go west to join Briarcrest Christian, Christian Brothers, MUS, and St. Benedict. So let's look at these changes. Of course, we said that's actually the wrong one. But uh, let's look at uh, AAA as a whole. Uh, Brentwood Academy, NBA especially. Those two teams had their eyes set on a goal ball, and, and neither even got the shot to play for it. How did both of those teams bounce back this year? Well, NBA really, uh, I think it's just going to be a matter of, uh, you know, a refocus and, and uh, you know, they, they've got a strong team there. I think that uh, it's not going to take much for, as much for them to, to uh, bounce back. You know, they just had to put last year out like it never happened and, and focus on what they can do this year. Yeah, I think uh, Brentwood Academy may be a little bit uh, more of a challenge on their side, uh, not to mention, you know, they have the Memphis schools, and, you know, those Memphis schools are going to be chomping at the bit. You know, we talked about, you know, would that be a factor? 
a layoff. So maybe they catch a break if there's a, a, a bit of a hangover with that area. Uh, but if there's not, uh, then it's possible that Brentwood Academy, uh, you know, maybe, you know, facing some, some rabid beasts on that side. Um, yeah, I could see Scott, like you mentioned, they, they have some, they have their work cut out for them against some of those West Tennessee teams. But, uh, I do think it's still going to be somewhat of a factor. The, the fact that a lot of them didn't play football last year, but, uh, to me, it's a tougher road to the NBA and I like this NBA team. They've got a, uh, Good quarterback coming back, a junior, a dual-threat quarterback. It's got multiple Power 5 options already on the table with Marcel Reed. Uh, they've got some good weapons there. I've got a running back in Red Hales, I think is his name, that's uh, 528 yards last year as a backup. And he's got great speed there and uh, uh, some strength up front as well. And uh, don't forget both NBA Brentwood Academy each feature sons of former Titans as uh, uh, Eric George, the son of Eddie George, will be uh, making some contributions for NBA and uh, – uh, Kaysen Kalmas, son of uh, Rocky Kalmas, former Titan linebacker for the Brentwood Academy side as well. Yep. Yeah, definitely some good bloodlines coming through those schools as well. Um, Memphis schools in Division Two did get to play last year, so they shouldn't really be affected as much as the Division One schools were. But as MUS was a finalist last year, but you know, really, I think the strength in, in AAA is in Chattanooga with Macaulay and Baylor. So you know, those East Region teams, you look at NBA and and JP2 moving from west to east this year. And JP2 is one of those intriguing teams that people are talking about a lot because of at quarterback Kenny Minchie, who's getting power five offers as well. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, JP2 has a lot of talent on that team. Uh, Kenny Minchie, you know, 1,200 yards. I think he only had one pick last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So this is obviously a smart quarterback. 6-3 with a lot of talent. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a real good one. Uh, I definitely think that uh, it, you know, barring anything unfortunate, uh, you'll be hearing his name for quite a while. Um, you know, and we remember he came on in relief last year too. He wasn't the starter at the beginning of the year. That was Sawyer Watts. Mentioned yeah, that Watts got hurt, so he he really stepped up in that role. Yeah, and Chris, I can remember you telling me uh, the one game that you covered uh, where you saw him. Uh, play uh, that uh, you thought that he had the makings of a, a really, really fine quarterback. Um, you know, the question with uh, JP2 is just replacing, uh, you know, their running back, uh, Antoine Roberts. Um, you know, yeah, right now, Elijah Robb, I think he filled in last year for him. I think that it's his, uh, you know, if he's going to win that job, you know, he'll he'll be a, a good one. Um you know these guys. They, you know, there's a lot of a lot of talent on this team. Um, you know, wide receiver wise, offense uh, is great. Good strong lineman. It's just I think defensively and depth. I think that that's. Go ahead. You mentioned the offensive line and three senior starters back there. I always like to see that, especially when you've got a good quarterback back there, give him a little more time and protection. Uh, the defense, they uh, they do have several starters coming back. All-state selection last year and Cole Shaver at linebacker. Uh, he's going to be back to lead that unit. But uh, as you mentioned, Scott, that, you know, some depth is going to be some concern there. Uh, you know, they they – Lost a lot of their secondary. That's going to be a concern when you go up against teams, especially like to throw the ball around a little bit. So, uh, some good foundational pieces, but there's some question marks in some spots, particularly on defense, that they do have to be concerned about. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, the Knights will get things started in region play right away with uh, their biggest rival and Father Ryan. And that and that Bishop's Cup rivalry game now has more meaning being a region game. Father Ryan has to replace a, a Mr. Football candidate and DC Taps got a quarterback. What do the Irish do to try to stay in this race in, in, in a pretty pretty tightly contested region? Well, they got to develop that quarterback spot. That's that's going to be the key. Uh, you know, Matthew Derrick had the inside track at seven on sevens. Uh, I'm not heard uh, whether he's lost his hold on that. But you know, whoever has, if they have success here, whoever is going to be passing is going to be passing to one of the tallest group of wide receivers across the board. You know, most of them are six footer or 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 larger. Um, you know, except for one uh, five five and Dewan Sharp, who's an explosive, explosive uh, player with the ball in his hands. But you know, Devin Fisher at six three, Aiden Nelson uh, also six three. They lead that group. Um, so you got Steph Ponder returning at quarter at, at uh, running back. I honestly believe that this team has offensively, you know, the ability to to really do well. It's just going to be a matter of can they put it all together at the right time. Yeah, I kind of agree on Father Ryan. You know, they won six of eight down the stretch of the regular season last year and uh, uh, really was excited going into the into the postseason and such. But, you know, can they build on that? Can they bounce back? Can they replace some holes, particularly, as you mentioned, on quarterback when you lose a young man to a, a Appalachian State? You know, uh, that, that's a good athlete, you know, and it's hard to stick somebody back there. They do like Matthew Derrick, though. I know they've talked about arm strength and – High football IQ. So if indeed he emerged from the uh, spring and summer workouts as a QB one, then uh, he might be someone to keep an eye on this season. Well, QB one also a question in Rep. Wentworth Academy. No, Taylor Montiel graduated and playing baseball at Mississippi State. So the the big red have to uh, have to replace a, a big key piece of their of their of their offense. So. Uh, Brentwood Academy's quarterback situation. You guys, how is that shaking, shaking out? I haven't heard uh, how – I know that there was competition there, but I haven't heard of a solid person that has uh, stepped up yet. Chris, have you heard anything on that? Or Tom? No, I know that they were looking at Landon Wells moving him uh, over from wide receiver to quarterback back in the spring, and uh, he was getting some work there as far as, you know – it. Has he fallen, you know, followed up and been named the starter? I haven't heard for sure. It may well fall, it may very well fall to Wells this year. And, and as his conversion of wide receiver to quarterback, you know, if he does get that nod, I mean, he's going to have, he's going to have some tough competition to, to compete against. I mean, in that West region, you consider MUS a fitting runner up and Briarcrest Christian, Christian Brothers. I mean, that's a tough region to play in. Oh, yeah. Now, he's going to have Deuce Scott back at running back, if I'm not mistaken, and that's going to be go a long way to whomever takes that over. Uh, and uh, Case and Kalmas plays a little bit of a running back, H-back type of position. He catches a lot out of the backfield. So uh, the thing about, uh, to me, the question mark with Brentwood Academy is they lost some road graders up front last year. And, you know, what's coming up? You know, and, and I know they've got some size behind them, but it's hard to replace size and experience. And that's going to be the biggest question to me for Brentwood Academy, especially with a new quarterback coming in is, you know, how is that dynamic going to work? The quarterback and the offensive line with both of them being new and losing that many people. Yep. And again, it's a tough region top to bottom. You know, we, uh, 
the Christian brothers, I mean, they've got some question marks with their offensive line and their linebacking core, but overall this is a strong, strong team, and they've got, uh, uh, you know, top five senior recruit and Dallin Hayden as a running back and uh, 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, winning Mr. Football. So for, for the teams like Brentwood Academy, you know, MUS, they want to be in there, but they've got some pretty good players hanging in there as well. And even Ensworth, I mean, you know, Ensworth's in, enjoying some success in the in the past, but uh, th- they lack – some experience, you know, they lost a lot from last year as well, and it's going to be kind of a struggle for them. And, uh, Chris, I guess the good thing is if you're in uh, Division Three, everybody gets to go to the playoffs. So, I mean, you want to you want to fare well and uh, try to get the best, you know, situation, get a home home game if you can. But uh, everybody goes this year. Yeah, I think I think the key thing for these teams, especially the younger ones, is going to be peaking at the right time just because you know you're going, you know you're getting an 11th game. Be playing your best football in November when you get there. So somebody can make a run from a from a lower seed, just like they did last year. A, a three seed won it. A three seed finished second. Who knows? It could be a four, five, or six. We never know. And and let me tell you, Tom, you brought up Ensworth, and I think that Ensworth, uh, as far as their offense go, is loaded. Uh, they're getting a player back this year. Uh, you know, after sitting out a year in Shamar Porter. Uh, you know, he transferred uh, in from uh, Lipscomb Academy. He's 6'3", getting a lot of offers. Uh, they got an, uh, another uh, 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 transfer out of Collierville. Uh, you know, Levi Moore returns at quarterback. Mark Smith returns at running back. Offensively, I think this team's got what it takes to be that surprise team, Chris, maybe that third-place team that makes a run. Um, a lot of it's going to depend on what they lost on defense, especially in the defensive backfield where – uh, where they lost some people last year. Yep. We'll be interesting to see how Ensworth fares in Brentwood Academy in the West region. And uh, AAA is is highly competitive as always. So we'll see if uh, the Mid-State can get back to the Blue Cross Bowl after missing out last year. Well, folks, that's all the time we've got for our final preseason preview edition of the Mid-State 48, covering our class, our Division II teams. So thank you for watching, and keep it right here with 615 Preps. We'll have a lot for you this year, and it's it's game week. It's time to get started. The work waits. I'm alive at last, and I'm full of joy. <laughs> Let's go watch some football, guys. Excited about it. Folks, hope you enjoy it. Hope you're ready for the season. It's already here. So uh, good luck to all the teams and coaches in 2021, and we'll see you all very soon. For Scott and Tom, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you for watching 615 Preps Mid-State 48 or get you ready for Friday in 48 minutes or less. We'll see you soon.